Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. A uh, new feature for the podcast. We are now video. So this will be interesting. I uh, hope you all are enjoying seeing us instead of just hearing us. You may want us to go back the other way. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, so welcome Two in to the Red Out Podcast. Do what? Two ugly dudes talking tops. That's right. <laughs> uh, two average Joes. That's what I was, I was thinking the other day. I was like, I could change the podcast to... The uh, average Joes, the not fan fans, or something like that. <laughs> and I uh, got my Skittle Skittle water, and there you go, ready to talk some uh, Western sports. So, I guess first off, um, WKU f- has announced the 2024 football schedule. Uh, what did you think of that schedule so far, Matt? Uh, let's take a look at it. Um, I- <laughs> I think it's uh, actually, I think I thought it was pretty competitive. Um, and uh, with key pieces coming back, I mean, I guess it gives you a chance if you have a, some great luck and everything to, um, you know, have a solid strength of schedule. You know, things go right like this year where um, there were not very many teams that really could make a case for the New Year's Six. I mean, you get one thing you got to have is strength of schedule or a schedule you can run the table with. Obviously, you have Alabama. Yeah. Um, so that's unlikely to be any kind of opportunity, but Nick Saban's gone. And then Boston College is interesting. I don't think we've ever played Boston College. So that's just kind of an interesting game. And Toledo's a solid group of five. So I think it's a it's an interesting schedule, along with the Conference USA schedule as well. Um, yeah, that Toledo game's at home too. So I yeah. Let me move my 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 notes over here so I'm actually facing you instead of looking off to the side. Um, so uh, yes, Alabama actually is I think a chance to run the field for uh, Western. You know, Nick Saban's gone, going to have a new head coach. Um, I don't know who that is. Maybe Mike Sanford, but um, we'll have to see the, the new <laughs> Alabama coach. <laughs> it was the guy from Washington. Abra. Abra, oh, it is. Uh, I, I haven't. I don't. I don't do yeah, Alabama. So except I don't <laughs> love my cousin, so I don't follow Alabama. So <laughs> roll tide, roll tide, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, of course. And something else that was kind of pointed out was that the the uh, I think I'm in, there we go. Is that the home games are all even, while the away games are all odd. That's true. Funny. I never I don't know if I've ever seen a schedule exactly like that where it literally alternates game by game, home away, home away. Yeah, that was that was funny to me. Um it, it's it's very O C D and I don't know who did that, but that's very funny. Very balanced. <laughs> Evidently. Um, so Boston College, have they done anything in the past twenty years? years? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what was the – was it Doug Flutie or something? Did the the miraculous Hail Mary or whatever? I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that was Boston College. That was their last, like, big moment. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to that shut my and, door. Uh, that and l- having the honor of losing to Western Kentucky in the NIT a few years ago, that was a big moment for them. Yes. Um, the, the famed Diddle Arena. You're welcome. Yes. Yes. I mean, but honestly, like, who was the biggest, like, name they've had in the past 20 years? They've had they had a QB that was a big name, um, I'm pretty sure, um, which I hadn't thought to look that up. Um, Boston College. Let's see.
Let's see. They had well, Zay Flowers uh, was a big player for the Ravens this year. Okay. I was like, the only one I can think of is Lamar. Wait a second. Here we go. Oh, I got AJ like. Dillon. They actually have some names in here. Um, let's see. Harold Landry, I guess. Was he Boston College? That's interesting. Um, he plays for the Titans. I recognize his name. I didn't realize he was Boston College. I didn't either. Um, I feel like they had a big QB. Matt Ryan, that's who it was. Matt Ryan, 2008. Bam. He was Boston College. Okay, you got that. Yeah. They had some big names, but they haven't. Luke Keekley was another big one. He's a huge, big time linebacker. So they have some players. Uh, they just, yeah, I don't think they've done much as a program. I don't. I don't think so either. I mean, they haven't. I I couldn't tell you the last time they've been to a New Year Six Bowl. I mean, it's just kind of like, nah. It's kind of like Nebraska or Miami back in the nineties. Like that's the last time they've actually been relevant. So, or Indiana football. So, yeah. Let's see. They let's see if they got like a season by season thing here. Trying to get it to pull up on my computer, and it's not. It just keeps loading. So, so they've been um, about five hundred since two thousand six. It looks like. Okay. Um, Tom O'Brien was seventy-five and forty-five from ninety-seven to six, and then in two thousand seven oh eight they were pretty good. That was when they had Matt Ryan, and yeah, then, since then sure. they've been about five hundred or uh, less with every coach. So not super strong to tradition of late. Yeah. Um, what an interesting opponent, nonetheless. Yes, very interesting. And uh, sorry, I'm trying to get my. There we go. I just need my timer so I can keep up with you know what's going on, and so we can do our. Uh, didn't mean for everybody to see it. <laughs> yeah, we're gosh. Okay, yeah, so good. yes, you know, this is. Uh, we'll look back at this episode and laugh. Uh, that's all I can do right now. So we'll turn that <laughs> off. Okay. All right. So anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting, uh, you know, having Alabama first game of the year coming off their attempted, uh, you know, college national championship and, you know, losing their head coach. We've got Boston college, like we were talking about. And then the midweek game start October 10th versus UTEP. And that is a home game this year. So it's not going to be at 10 o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night for East or West or central time. So, uh, that'll be interesting. And then we've got Sam Houston State on the 16th. And, uh, of and course, we've State. got – New edition. Yep, and I was going to say we've got the bye week, and then October 30th, uh, WKU is going to be facing uh, Kennesaw State um, at Bowling Green. I think it was funny to me that out of the five new additions, that is the fourth team to play in Bowling Green. Hmm. I didn't really realize that, but I, I mean, I guess I didn't think about it, but that's only number four. So who would be the fifth who has not played in Bowling Green? Jack State? I think so, because, yeah, they're playing here this year. Okay. I believe we, yeah, we played at Jack State, I think. Yes. We did last year, yeah. And, yeah, it was at, at their place. Yeah, they beat us, what, 17 to 10 or something awful? Like it was a horrible game. Yeah, we were up, and then they just came back and – Steamrolled us in the second half. Yeah. Um, so, oh, and actually, I did not realize this until uh, I read the article that Fletcher did for the Tower Rack, is that FIU got left off the schedule. Oh. Yeah. Um, FIU, uh, we've got 10 games. Obviously, we have 10 opponents. We've got two, um, well, more than two uh, out-of-conference games. And FIU has been omitted from the schedule. That is the third time since 2008 that's happened. Interesting. So. Yeah, I mean, that honestly, that's kind of a crappy draw for Western because FIU football sucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you take – It's kind of a gimme. 
Yeah, like somebody is going to end up not having to play Liberty. Yeah. You know? like, who who lucked out on that one? Like, obviously yeah. that helps um, <laughs> shade things in the right direction for you. You're pretty much going to have a guaranteed loss if you play Liberty or one of the upper end teams. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's going to be rough. Um, uh, maybe we'll see how Liberty is this year. You know, they could be they're you know they could be going down. They could be going up. I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of speculation going into spring ball, so we'll have to see. Yeah, um, they have a lot of people transfer out, so I yeah, mean, it might be an opportunity. Western once again seems to have done a pretty good job keeping who they could for the most yeah. part. Um, you know, we obviously Corley and Reed are gone, but I mean, you've got viable options, um, yeah. you know, coming in and, and staying. So people come back from injury. So I, I'm interested to see it. We'll see if, could, uh, maybe we can make a move towards Liberty a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely a possibility. Um, and I mean, we'll just have to see how Western is coming into this season. You know, Finley could be a star. He could be a bust. I don't know. We could be going bell camp in the fall. I, I don't know. Bell camp. We'll to see. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe they done recruited over Caden. You know, now, South Warren, you know, I don't understand. If you want fans in the stands, then. Jake you, Homer. You should... Oh, sorry. Bell camp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, come on, people. I, I don't know. We'll see how. You got to have competition. Friendly yeah. competition ain't going to hurt nothing. It's and completely they, fine. They also brought in another freshman three-star. I'm scared of him. He might jump over Caden, too. So, um, speaking of uh, draft stock, Malachi Corley, uh, his draft stock is going up. And uh, I, honestly, I had a viewer or a listener send us a uh, – send me a little bit of the podcast that, from ESPN's first draft uh, from Mel Kuyper talking about Corley. And uh, I mean, he is—he is having some correlate correlations going on over there. He is loving it. I was—I uh, was pretty excited, you know. I mean, especially to hear about you know one of Western's guys doing so well, and um, you know they're picking him second round ish. So he's what thirty three to sixty four or something like that. I'm just yeah. doing quick numbers. Yeah. Um, the highest draft pick we've had so far was uh, Forrest Lamp. Uh, he was picked 38th in 2017. Yeah. Uh, Matt and I was just talking about this. I tried to see how high, like, Coach Fikes had been picked when he was drafted by the Giants. I can't find it anywhere. So if anybody can find that, just send that over. I'll take a look at it. Um, I looked it up in the 52, 53, and 54 on the Football Hall of Fame. And I don't know because of his preseason injury if they were just like, eh, Try again. Or maybe he was a free agent. I don't know. Um, and they just got the details wrong that he wasn't drafted. I don't know. Um, you know, that's history as far as I'm concerned. But if one of our listeners can find that, that'd be great. But Forrest Lamp was drafted in 38th pick in the 2017 draft. Um, and as you know, he is – where is he now? He was with um... – um, He was with that lighting company, I know, but – like football wise, lamps plus. <laughs> yes. Um, looks like twenty-one to twenty-two. He was with the Saints. He was. So I don't know. It, um, I feel like he went somewhere else. He's. A, it says he's a free agent. He was released October twenty-fifth of twenty twenty-two. So yeah, okay. So um, he's out there somewhere. Open. I hope he's doing well. I hope uh, you know. Whatever he's doing, he's enjoying it. So, uh, yes, but, uh, you know, what did was that know, a few years back? Did you ever but, meet him? No, I did not. He was post Devin. So, okay. He was a nice, he was a nice kid, a nice guy for real. He was, I really hope he's doing well. He was, uh, he was always approachable. He always wore socks with, uh, like the rocks. <laughs> socks with rocks. No, um, I forget what kind of shoe it is, but it was like a like a black sandal. Um, so it was like this oh, like thing. the slides or something. Yeah, I think it was slides. Yeah, and because uh, uh, Brandon Dowdy always talked about him wearing his socks and slides. 
it was just kind of a funny look. Like that was just it is, it is definitely laid back, like not super fashionable, but definitely Forrest Lamp <laughs> look. That is that that's funny though. That's really funny. No matter um, where he went, non football, it was white socks like up to his knees and slides. Um, I will. Yeah, I I think that, but that's like an offensive lineman thing too. Like, I don't know. There's several offensive linemen that would just wear socks with slides or whatever because it was just comfortable. Um, baseball is going to be uh, firing up soon. Baseball and softball. Uh, There's been a lot of interviews with Coach Raritan, and um, I really don't follow baseball, so I'm sorry, guys, but. We've got, um, yeah, I know I'm awful and I fully admit it. I have no problem admitting that because I just, I have no interest in baseball. You just play baseball. The magic of Mark catches a fire on the hill. Oh, yeah. I'm just waiting. Like some people, some people just in the College World Series. That'll be fine. And when we do, I will make. Would I poop my pants? I would probably anyway, but <laughs> hey, no judging, no judging. We don't judge here, but uh, uh, so uh, you know, baseball, <laughs> <laughs> you stop playing that judgery, do um, but anyway, they uh, you know, baseball starting off. I hope they do well this season. They've got a lot of new kids coming in, and um, they had several leave last year, and yeah, I, I it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. We've heard we've heard murmurs of it, of the reasons, but I haven't heard anything said about it at Western for sure. Um, Western is not a place to talk about that stuff. They don't. They're not going to talk about it, whether yeah. it is true or not. So I think it's you know I've tried to get somebody. Good. I've I've actually tried to get people to go on the record and say, would you come on and talk about it? And they won't talk about it. It's just, it's just like it's gone. They're just, they're gone. They don't even talk anymore. Which Can people? Names of people that wouldn't go on the record. Um. Well, there was <laughs> no. Um. But no, they. Uh, honestly, there was a lady who met, who had messaged us on Facebook and was talking about it and i was like you know can you give me some other names to corroborate you know what you're saying and blah 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 nothing else yeah Zilch. so you know it's one of those things it's whatever i didn't uh, want to touch, you know i didn't wanted want to, to touch on on the uh the baseball stories that uh, fletcher put out um okay. the rack and uh was just kind of like like kind of what we're talking about Western has been uh, oddly nearly radio silent on the baseball front um, for <laughs> some reason. Hmm. Could be. I don't know. Um, could be that they covered up scandal, whatever. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> no, but I mean, there was some like weird, then this was public information. There was like some weird comments from players' parents and some of the people that kind of got. Uh, kindly removed from the team. Mm. Uh, there was some some oddball things going on behind the scenes last year with with Coach Raritan and stuff. So anyway, um, I guess it's good strategy that WKU's kind of said nothing and just let the season come up on us, and now it's time for baseball, and hopefully we put all this in the past. And whatever yes. the distractions were, hopefully everybody landed softly where they – where they landed as far as the transfers and um, maybe we'll have a good roster and have a good year. However, yes. I have a question um, if he perhaps doesn't have as much success, if he's, if this is going to come back to bite him with how, with how it was handled a little bit as far mm-hmm. as like, uh, removing the players from last year. So, because um, we only returned what like eight people or something, it's something like ridiculously low. Yeah, um, and I, I think that was that was some of the talk was that he may or may not have done as well as he did because it wasn't his players last year. Mm-hmm. That's that was his talk, and it's, I mean, Mike Sanford had two years to get his guys, and it, he didn't do so well. So. This guy could do well. I'm, I mean, I'm no, no, I'm not saying, but I mean, like, 
you know, Petrino had one year and he was back to Louisville, and those weren't his guys. So I'm just saying, maybe it's a different sport, maybe it's whatever, but you can have success and you don't have to run everybody out of town. But we'll see. We will see. Well, we can watch and see how everything goes down with Western and um, all yeah. that good stuff. So, so when when does baseball start? I know it's within the next couple of weeks, isn't it? Let's see. How would I? February sixteenth, week and a half. <laughs> there you go. February sixteenth. Um. Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, so the, we'll start out with like, Bradley. Okay. And then. Sure. Yeah, I got it pulled up here. Uh, yeah, I was like, I'm on it. Typically, play teams like Lipscomb. Um, we play UK during the week. Things yeah. like that. We do have uh, West Virginia for some reason has agreed to come to Western March first uh, through the third and play four games. So that's a huge wow. opportunity for us, including a doubleheader on March second. Um, then you got like Bellarmine. So a lot of times in baseball, you have these regional teams like Austin P and. Eastern and whatever that you kind of play, uh, you know, every once in a while during the week to just kind of have a quick game. Uh, Milwaukee comes to Bowling Green, Austin P. Like I said, Southeast Missouri State, uh, we play in Missouri. Southern Indiana, again, midweek game. Then we get into Conference USA play. Um, and the Conference USA baseball is very good for those that don't know. Lots yeah. of good teams. We play Vanderbilt later in the year. We play Murray. Dallas Baptist is always going to be probably the favorite in Conference USA. Louisville later in the year. Um, looks like we've added USI as kind of a uh, opponent in Southern Indiana. That I don't think we've played them very often in baseball. Um, UNC Asheville is randomly in the middle of May but not a Conference USA series, so I don't know how that came about. Um, that might have been commented on. I really don't know. Um, but that's a random series to have late in the year. Yeah, that's that's interesting, though. But, um, um, looks like a solid-ish schedule. We'll see how they do in it. Now, uh, on the softball side of things, Western is going to be playing – dogs getting restless – and the NFCA leadoff classic uh, first games against Missouri State, and that'll be February 9th. Uh, Iowa Army also be playing, and NC State and Kansas will be in those. Um, and I'm assuming they're playing like a round robin best of uh, because they've got all four, one, two, one, two three, four, five. Uh, they've got all five of these teams scheduled. So, it's not tournament style, to my knowledge. It's just round robin, best one gets it. So, uh, I thought it'd be inter- that's kind of interesting. They're going to be playing Kansas in this uh, invitational, and then uh, they'll be going on February sixteenth to the Chattanooga Chattahoochee. No, I'm kidding. It's called the Chattanooga Challenge. Uh, they'll be facing North Alabama, Chattanooga, North Alabama again, and Murray State and Ball State. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more as those uh, games get closer to time. Well, next week will be the 16th. So we'll be talking about that next week and kind of updating you on how the challenge, how the uh, uh, the NFCA leadoff classic went uh, for the ladies, for the softball side of things. Um, sorry, I'm making notes on what we've talked about. So I can try and add this in. I don't know if we'll have chapters on this episode. We'll see. Um, and then, of course, uh, talking about lot. Let's talk uh, lady tops real quick. On law tech side of things, what what are you thinking tonight, Matt? Is it pretty good, or is it going to be pretty grim? Uh, well, I hope it it better be pretty good. I mean, law tech women's basketball is not that great. Um, I think they're were they two and five in conference. I hadn't pulled up my stuff. Uh, I've got to, yeah, I'm actually got to pull mine up. I thought I had to know your up, know your conference USA women's basketball standings by heart, Devin. <laughs> um, uh, law tech is five games back for the women. Yes. We are three and a half now, so we've gone down like a couple. Yeah. Yeah, we've gone so down. Here's the thing is like, you know, obviously you hope that uh, <laughs> that the Lady Tops should, in theory, should beat a team that is near the bottom of the conference. However, 
Um, you know, they've lost four out of five and including a freaking disastrous loss to Sam Houston, um, who had not won a division one game since December 1st. Yeah. Um, they were 0 and 6 and now they are 1 and 7. Uh, you're mm-hmm. welcome, Sam Houston. Uh, because <laughs> so they, they use the lady tops to get off the schneid. And here's the worst part is Western had, let me look back. I can't remember if it was 18 or 19 point lead. Um, but it was like, it was horrifying. They ended up losing in overtime. I mean, they had multiple chances to make this thing right. And they just didn't do it. Um, it was Get out. terrible to behold. Um, let me see when exactly, how bad it was. Uh, they were up 11 in the second half, 13 with 338 left in the third. I'm pretty sure, uh, up 14, up 14 at the end of the third. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize it got that late that they were in double digits. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't following this fully because I, you know, we had other, I think the other game was going on, but um, probably, yeah, it was the, the boys were playing at the same time because obviously we were in diddle and stuff. It was 68 to 50 with 757 left in the game against a team that had not won in two months against division one opponent. Melt down that lead, go to overtime had a chance to figure stuff out in overtime, screwed that up and ended up losing by six to a team that's six and thirteen overall and now one and seven. Oh, um, Lord. Yeah, really, really, really bad loss, really bad timing because now I feel like uh, you know, Collins heading into the Greg Collins, of course, head coach of Lady Tops, heading into this season was you know, he'd done a good job last year. He pulled the team together and was able to get them to finish second. Um, you know, pretty much well behind middle. You know, middle yeah. was their best team, but it was like, okay, this is a positive step. We made the championship. Good things going on. Um, but he still has kind of that undercurrent of like massive underachievement. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he took over a good program. He was the assistant on Michelle Clark Hurd's staff. He takes straight over for her and hasn't won a championship in working on six years and only got second last year and only made the championship last year. Wow. So not a lot of uh, achievement going on. He's had some WNIT runs. Like they went to the uh, round of 16 once, won a game once, I think. Um, And so, but other than that, there was really no significant success in his tenure well, he was looking like this team was looking like a legit contender three or four weeks ago, and then it's just completely disintegrated. We were three and zero in conference. Now we're four and four. That includes some home losses, and that includes the loss to Sam Houston. There were excusable losses to Middle. Obviously, Middle blew us out, but they blow everybody out. It's yeah. I'm not saying I'm thrilled with that, but it's understandable that you lose to Middle but also losing to FIU after having a chance in that game and just not really pulling it off. Um, barely beat UTEP. That would, that's the only win they've had in the last five games, and they had to get a buzzer beater from Destiny's salary to even make that happen. So just really bad signs. Losing to New Mexico State and scoring 44, really bad signs. So hopefully you, know, you asked if it should be glorious and if it should be a good game. Or if it's going to be misery, I sure hope that they get their act together, take care of business, and get back on the right track. But um, there's no guarantees when you lose to a team that hadn't won in two months. Um, yeah, Maltech is second to last right now. Um, Western could easily establish themselves as the probably the third best team in Conference USA or fourth with Liberty, um, who's now five and three in conference. Um, but God, they got to pull it together. It's getting getting rough. Is is there an issue with maybe it's a toxic locker room or something like that that could be well, causing this? I mean, I know you said a few weeks ago during, they were arguing, but during the New Mexico State game, there was visible infighting um, with several 
players and staff, most of it surrounded, not to like name names or whatever, but I think it's fair to say it was obvious that a lot of it centered around Destiny's salary. I don't know why. She might have just been pissed off. Uh, you know, she might have just had a bad day. I don't know. Got a bad grade in one of her classes. I don't know. But, like, there was visible, like, they were, like, jabbering with each other the whole game. And, like, you know, making those, like, motions and, you know, pointing and whatever. And so, um, yeah, it was it was weird to see. Like, you don't see that in the middle of games between teammates and staff. And that's yeah, that's fair to say that it's weird to like know that that's going on, and it kind of continued the whole game. So, but I haven't seen any of that since then. I was told that maybe it it was squashed, you know, the day after in practice, and make them run and they get over it. But obviously, there's no explanation for why a team that was playing well together all of a sudden has no injuries. And nobody that's really sitting out. There was there were a few people that have sat out, but it wasn't like major disaster type of stuff. And then all of a sudden, they just lose four out of five, and you yeah. have people infighting. I don't know what the deal is, but they need to get it together and move on. Yeah, and, I agree. You, you've got to. Yeah, you've got to definitely. Uh, you know, figure out how to move forward as a team, and I think that's part of the coach's job is to, you know either squash it or make them put on some gloves and punch it out and get it over with and be done with it. You know, uh, you know, cause I mean, you know, coaches want to complain to us about, or, you know, complain about us, you know, well, you are the one that got me fired. And I mean, that's some of us mostly Matt, but, um, anyway, what What are you even talking about? (laughs) Uh, nothing, uh, a long time ago. Anyway. Uh, so, you know, but you don't you don't have anything to complain about if you don't do something about it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, coaches have to do stuff. If they want to keep their jobs, this is part of your job, is making sure that, you know, teams have good cohesion, make things work. You know, yeah, you can have all five stars, and if they can't get along and they all try to play the game by themselves, it's not going to work. You know, basketball is a very individualistic sport, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to pass. You have to be able to do the small things and win. Sure. So, well, I think we looked uh, at it last week when yeah. you were looking at the stats last week, and I think you pointed out exactly what the issue is: rebounding and turnovers. Yeah, um, you know you can't you can't play good basketball without some fundamentals and yeah. turn over the basketball and not being able to get the basketball off the glass um, to either extend your possession or to end the possession kind of makes it difficult to win. Yeah, but the I mean that worked for last week, but this week like the stats are saying other stuff. Um you know, we should have beaten Sam Houston. We should have put just That's metaphorically put your foot on the throat and be done with them. Now middle, it doesn't look like we could have hit a three-pointer if they had the little toddler goals. So <laughs> the middle mean, is just really good. I mean, it's just Yeah. It's frustrating how big of a gap there is, and there shouldn't be. There, yeah, um, it's but it yeah, unfortunately, Rick Inbred is a good coach, but um, little Keebler Elf fella, <laughs> and his oddly stalkerish son. But oh, um, Lord. <laughs> but anyway, um, I mean, it's just frustrating to see that kind of gap between Western and Middle. The bottom line is, like, I want to see improvement. I want to see the continuing of what looked like a positive, like this was like looking like a group that could do something in March. Like yeah. I started making plans to go to, to Huntsville and I'm going, but like um, part of the a big reason why was the girls. Yeah. I'm thinking like one of these two teams is going to make a championship. Now fast forward two weeks from when I basically committed to doing that. Yeah. I don't know if either one of them is going to make a championship run. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, it's not funny, but looking at the stats, uh, Lady Tops versus MTSU, we shot 16% from three point land. We shot 30% from field, field goal in general. We had 13 turnovers and 34 rebounds. Now, on middle side, 
they shot 45%. So that's almost 50% of their shots went in. And then they shot 36.3 or so 36% from three point land. They only had eight turnovers mm-hmm. and they had 42 rebounds. Like that's like amazingly good. It's just, it's just blows me away how well they played, how well middle played. And I hate complimenting them. Uh, but when you beat a team by nearly 40 points, what do you expect to happen? This is what we're looking at. So, Oh, this is interesting. I was looking at their minutes. They played basically five players just about the whole game. Wow, played, that's they amazing. Played, they played two girls the full 40 minutes. Another girl was out for 22 seconds. Another girl played 37. Another girl played 33-47. Then they had three players that played less than five minutes each. So they basically just said, screw you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we're going to run the table. Five, and we're not resting anybody, and we're going to kill you by 40. And they did. Yep. Yeah, evidently. They um, they weren't going to let off the gas, that's for sure. Um, wow. And it's probably because their assistant coach heard you say that his – or the coach heard you say his son looked like a creeper, so – yeah, blame it on me, everybody. <laughs> um, so Western is going to be playing uh, La Tech tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so, you know, obviously we're not going to be talking about that game on this episode, but we will be talking about it next week. And then we will be playing uh, Lady Tops have Jacksonville State. Both of these games are going to be in Diddle Arena. And uh, so tonight, 7.30 p.m., so – you should have been there. Uh, and then <laughs> then Jacksonville State is going to be on Saturday, I'm assuming the 10th, at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. Let me see if I can get my mouse over here. They do have um, like a sports clinic before it is on Saturday. It's 11 to 1. I don't know if you have that in your notes. I do not, but I will make a note. That's okay. But uh, before the Lady Tops. Um, and so we were talking about maybe taking our girls over there. Um, but I think it's like two hours and they're doing like a all sports clinic type of thing. It should be pretty fun. So maybe bring your kids out and then come to the lady topper game right after and, uh, hopefully watch us beat Jacksonville state. Get back off of the, off the schneid. Just making a note real quick of your lady tops clinic. Yeah. Should be some links on the website and should be able to find it on Twitter, et cetera. Okay, uh, that should be that'll be really interesting. And then, of course, next week they play UTEP on the on that. That's a Thursday, the fifteenth. So we'll be uh, and that'll be, and we can talk about that one. Then we will recap against La Tech and Jacksonville State. So, uh, men's basketball a little bit brighter over on the men's side of things as we talk mm-hmm. about uh, basketball. And um, you know, Western did lose to Sam Houston State seventy nine seventy seven. And Western did beat Western did beat, sorry, uh MTSU eighty eight to sixty five, which you've gotta love that. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Anytime nice. you beat them. It was nice and it was all in the second half. So Western was tied yes. at halftime. Ended up winning by twenty three. And it was the largest margin over middle since like nineteen eighty three. Which by the way, the only thing that would make that better is if we scored a hundred points against middle. I'm just saying. That's the only thing that would make that game so much sweeter. Um, I, I wish that we could put together two halves, you know, like yes. it, it was honestly like they were sleepwalking through the first half. I, I I don't know if it's completely that way, but there were definitely times where it's like, come on, like we're sitting here, we're at home, middle sucks. And <laughs> it was and they really do suck. They're terrible this year. They do, yeah. And uh, the effort wasn't really there. Like, it wasn't like they weren't playing hard, but they weren't playing their best. They weren't yeah. really locked in. It was just kind of like going through the motions. And middle was playing pretty well for how bad they are. And, they yeah. were, um, you know, they were they were pretty engaged, and they were the harder-playing team, and consequently they go in tied at half. Then in the second half, we woke up and shut them the heck down. But I just wish that you could um, you could bottle that energy that you have at spurts and yeah. spread it out over the whole game. 
I yeah. agree. I mean, and the thing is with against, especially against like Sam Houston, you've got, you know, Western essentially dominated the first half basically. And then they, the majority of the Sam Houston game, they dominated except for, you know, there was a smidge right there early in the second half, uh, like 15 minutes ago where, uh, Sam Houston kind of tied it up and then Western kind of took off again, had another little spurt. And then, like you said, right there towards the end, right at the 59 second mark, Sam Houston pulled away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, where was it? It was, uh, oh, right at the end of the, the first half, um, was a, it was a key moment for me because Western had a double digit lead. I think it may have been as much as 13 in the first half. I can't remember. Uh, is either 13 or 11 or whatever. But a double digit half, a double digit lead in the half. And right at the end, Sam Houston made a little spurt and ended up being down only four at halftime. And I thought that was yeah. a huge moment because Western clearly outplayed Sam Houston, clearly deserved or whatever to be up by more than four. Yet Sam Houston found some way to kind of claw back in where it's basically even. And then from there, it was a dogfight. Well, if Western had been able to come to go in halftime, I mean, with an eight, nine, ten point lead, it changes the dynamic of the whole game. Where Sam Houston has to come out and make a run to be in the game, versus you come out at halftime, Western scores four or five, and they take complete control. And yeah. so it was a big moment where, uh, like I think I don't remember the breakdown of uh, who had what in the first and second half. But I'm, uh, you know, Western had some guys that played well in the first half, but nothing was really there to show for it but a four point lead. When you have guys play well, you want that to translate on the scoreboard, or it kind of makes you be like, uh oh. Like, for example, against Middle, Don McHenry had two points at halftime, and it's like, okay, if McHenry goes off, it's going to be hard for Middle to win this game. Well, guess what? He went off for twenty points in the second half. Western wins by twenty three. Yeah, you have guys that played well in the first half, and you still only go up in up four. That kind of sends off alarm bells. Like, um, we're going to have to really buckle down here in the second half, or they're going to find a way to overcome this. And what happened? Their guy that had not scored all game, douchebag. Um, what is his name? Uh, number three, Lamar Wilkerson. Wilkerson. Yes, he had yes. zero points the whole freaking game. He ends up with six. <laughs> All three buckets helped them take leads at the end of the game. He hit three straight shots to end the game after doing nothing. It doesn't matter what they did before. It matters that they explode when they need to. When when they're able to just come out and drop in the points that they need at the right moment, it doesn't matter if they had a crappy game. The man came in, credit to him, dropped in three buckets, and won the game for them. Yeah. And that's that's frustrating because it's th- that late charge that you're not really expecting. Like you said, that guy that really doesn't do a lot, but that's where you are, you know. And he was three for fifteen on the game, had three game changing plays that ended up deciding the end of that game. Unfortunately, what shouldn't have happened is they shouldn't have been that close, and Western should have already been up by ten when he started making that run. Then they wouldn't have lost. So that was kind of the, certainly the carryover from the road games and everything. Kind of had the same issue. Middle, it was nice to see against a rival. They got a lead in the second half and they stomped on their throat and didn't look back. Yeah. And that's, that's what always makes it feel good is beating middle and sending them back to Murfreesboro, which is the, 135th worst town. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. In college athletics. Uh, I mean, honestly, it makes you feel good to know that the back fat of middle is continuing. Uh, but I mean, if you look at the stats against middle, Western shot 50% from the field, legitimately 50%, uh, 42% from three point land, nine turnovers, 38 rebounds. So you really can't beat those numbers, especially the nine turnovers. That is really, really good. Um, the only thing that would, and of course, you know, Western pulled away at half legitimately. And that's the one of those things you wish you could have seen against Sam Houston because 
I feel like Sam Houston has called in a voodoo priest or something, and that's the only way they beat us in that game. I'm just saying. They're, I'll tell you what it is. Their interior defense, it yes. makes it really hard for us to get inside, and that it makes life difficult. And I think Babacar really struggles against Sam Houston. They're physical. Yeah. And they just they just really give him in particular a tough time. Rod didn't have as let me see, let me look before I put my foot in my mouth. He didn't have as big of a game. He's had some big games and he's been really good lately. But just yeah. the overall attrition of having a really good interior defense just makes it hard to uh to get over the hump against them. And also yeah. what I was talking about, I remember the thing that stuck out in my mind. We had three turnovers in the first half. Three against Sam Houston. Um and only went away with a four point lead. Tell me how often you're gonna have a three turnover half and not be way ahead against whoever it is. And to also tell me how you're gonna come out in the second half and not have seven, eight, nine turnovers to even that out. And you've got to find a way to not give up four points on the opponent who uh, really is you're going to need some luck to overcome that issue. So yeah, that's overcoming. That's tough. Those are really tough. I mean, and like you said, um, you know, being that low on turnovers and then having to, I mean, normally, like you said, normally you'd be in really good shape. You know, you've got that low of turnovers at half. You're in good shape. And, when the flip is the when the switch is flipped and you're like this isn't making a difference at all, mm-hmm. then we're you know then you got to go okay where are we at otherwise, you know yeah. what do we need to what do we need what do we need what are we, where are we at here, right. um, but we've got Law Tech, which I did not realize until somebody said it earlier that that Law Tech is a ten point favorite in this game, mm-hmm. as well as the fact. That we have not won at Law Tech in 25 years. That is wild. I, I mean, I guess I just didn't realize it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Um, which, for those of you wondering, no, that is not 1989. That is 1999. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that is that is a very crazy stat for me that, you know, it's been since 1999, since the, before Y2K, that Western has won against Law Tech at Law Tech. Oh. In uh, yeah, Shreveport, yeah. Louisiana, or wherever the hell it is, it's Rustin. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was messing around. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it's a tough place to play. Um, and yeah, because sometimes they don't have tons of fans. They don't. They don't have like the ten thousand people there just rocking the roof off. It's just a tough place to play, and they do get loud for how many people they have there. And they're this year they're really good. So part of it is just. They're they're undefeated at home, but uh, it's just because they're really good this year, and I think they're probably the class of the league. They they're one of the few teams that's won some legit row games against anybody that's any good. Uh, they've only got one loss in conference right now. Everybody else has at least two. Um, but obviously, we know Western is capable of winning this game. It's not impossible. Even yeah, they don't have Lander. They've played well enough in some of these games that you could say they could beat anybody in Conference USA, even what's potentially the best the best team. The I think the thing that's made LaTeX stand out this year is they have a legit Power Five transfer in um, his last name Stocko. Um, forget his first name, um, like Jonathan or something. Okay. Um, Oh no, never mind. Bacho. I'm sorry. Daniel Bacho. See, I don't I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Something Acho, Bacho, what you know. Um anyway, Daniel Bacho, this guy um has him and Isaiah Crawford. They're both presences down low. Crawford is six six, Bacho is six eleven. Um they're both shooting over fifty percent on the year. Isaiah Crawford can shoot threes as well. They shoot free throws well enough. They both score 15 points a game. They both rebound at least six a game, and Bacho gets ten and a half. Wow. Um, they both block at least one and a half times a game. Bacho blocks over two times a game. Um, 
Crawford is six six and has forty five steals on the year. He gets more than two steals a game. Wow. He has a positive assist to turnover. So they have two legit like player of the year type of players on their squad. And uh Crawford was the preseason player of the year. Bacho is probably the favorite um to actually win it, but they're both legit, both big bodies that I think we're gonna have real trouble matching up with both of them. I think we could handle one of them. Yeah. We have both on the court. How do you put out enough bodies and not have them foul out um to to handle these two these two guys? So I think that's gonna be one of your keys to watch out for is can we find some way to not get in foul trouble A and B to slow them down a little bit. Like if they go for more than 30 combined that's going to be tough for Western to overcome. That's what they average. Yeah. They go above their average. They're the better team. It's probably unlikely that they're going to have other stuff go that bad that they can't figure out a way to win when they're when their guys play well. So we need to, I will, to get them to struggle. I will tell you. I was just looking. I was trying to find some like stat leaders for certain teams and stuff on ESPN. But what I found was I'm going to pull this over here so I can actually. Face our viewers. Um, fun fact: uh, I'll get. I'll let you guess. Who do you think is the offensive leader in Conference USA right now? And like points scored, points per game. And this is this is a team, not a individual player specifically. Oh, uh, the team is. Uh, I know Western's up there. It is Western. Eighty yeah. point seven points. Mm-hmm. Number two is La Tech at seventy six point two. Yeah, uh, Liberty is seventy five point three. Florida International's four, and UTEP is five. Uh, defensive leaders. This is points allowed <laughs> per game. Not Western. It's not Western. Western's not in the top five. Yeah, uh, it is La Tech at sixty two point seven points. Number yeah. two is Liberty. So. <laughs> Uh, another interesting one. And then number five, again, is the UTEP Miners. And then Middle Tennessee is number four. I don't know that one. I don't know how that one worked out for them. Field well, goal percentage. Tops are leading that one. Tops leading the field goal percentage, and tops are leading the rebounds at 40. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of an interesting LaTeX. stat as well. But La Tech is, like, right behind Western and rebounds at, like, 39. 39.9. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's basically uh, even. Interesting. Range. I mean, basically, the field goal percentage is pretty even, too. Um, so I am going to try to get this episode up for our patrons. So if you're a member of the Patreon, you can get a little bit of uh, early access to this. Do you think the uh, money line is good to put on Western tonight? Not over under, just money line. Western's plus 400. So, so that means $100 in, you get 400 back. Betting that Western's going to win outright. Um. Oh, you know the crazy Western cokehead fan in you is going bet it, bet the damn game. Go tops. <laughs> um. <laughs> gosh. Uh. I it. Mm, I. I want it with all my heart. <laughs> I would love for Western to beat Latte. I just there's none no in this economy. <laughs> what? Not in this economy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with all my heart, I would love to just be confident and pick Western. But I just don't – I don't think it's reasonable. I mean, you could you could pick Western and say that it's going to happen, but not with confidence. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, especially if Lander's out, that's just yeah. another layer of difficulty where you're missing two guards – the two guards could honestly help outweigh the the issue you might have down low. Um, yeah. You you know you could probably win on the perimeter if you had Lander, but if you don't, then you're kind of more even with them on the perimeter. And then down low, you're relying on Rodney Howard to continue shooting ninety percent from the field, and you need Bobakar to to go crazy to to go crazy too, or you're going to have a mismatch. There, I mean, you it's just a tough matchup for me when you have like you're thin down low. Um, anyway, yeah. 
And then you've got two guys that are going to make it so stressful down low that you're probably going to have some people get in foul trouble. And then who do you play down low to deal with two superstars? Um, yeah. So another thing that needs to happen, Brandon Newman cannot disappear for zero like he yeah. did against middle. Um, yeah, you won by 23 against middle. You ain't going to come close to beating La Tech without your guys. Like, you can't have a starter that does zero. Yeah. Um, he had a couple of assists and he had a couple other things going on. But you got to have your guys do something offensively if you're going to pull off an upset on the road. Yeah. So I see, I see um, trouble. Yeah, it, it could be trouble. Um, so – Short short answer there. Don't bet the tops. Um, over under spread could be interesting, but I mean, uh, I looks consider, like I might consider the, um, taking the uh, you know the plus nine and a half or ten or whatever it ends up being. Um, I might consider that one, mm-hmm. but um, not not betting Western outright. No, I don't think so. Okay, okay. So Lady Tops, just to recap. Uh, that game is at Diddle uh, tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6.30 Central. And it's on ESPN Plus for those of you who cannot make it. And then on Saturday, the girls are going to be playing Jacksonville State. As Matt told already, there is a clinic beforehand. Uh, that game is going to be at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus. So check that out if you are not able to make it to the game. Support the Lady Tops best you can. And then the guys are going to be playing La Tech tonight. 7 p.m. Uh, that's a 10-point spread, essentially. It's 9.5 now, so it has come down. Mm-hmm. That game is on ESPN+, Plus, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, only true fans go to the game. Don't forget that. And let's see. It doesn't matter if it's in Ruston, Louisiana or not. You should go. You ever heard uh, of Ruston, and, Devin? God, no. I went to – um, we've been to Monroe, and we've been to – I was at uh, Lafayette, and we landed in Baton Rouge in New Orleans. We drove by New Orleans when I was at Western. Yep. Um, um, oh, New Orleans. Um, I've been to Ruston, buddy. I You remember that 5910 uh, debacle? Yes. When yes. Braun was coach? <laughs> Stephanie and I went to that game. It Sounds was like a great waste of time. <laughs> 59 to 10. We go all that way. Yeah. And, oh, this will be uh, a great game. And you're like, well, let's go to the car. I think it's over now. Oh, my gosh. But it was miserable. By halftime, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You got murdered. Um, And, then, of course, uh, like I said, Western's playing Jacksonville State on Saturday. That is in uh, Jacksonville, Alabama, the big metropolis of Jacksonville, yeah, Alabama. It's. You want any quick comments on that? Sure. Go for it. Okay, um, since we didn't talk about it really at all. Yeah, well, um, I, yeah, we ran out of time there. So, well, it's just and with the new thing. format, I was kind of worried about it. <laughs> well, I was worried we we're going to get cut off, but we're actually past the hour mark, so I think we're okay. Go ahead. Yeah, hey. So, um, anyway, it's another road game. Uh, hopefully, we can split this. Honestly, I, I assume we're probably going to lose um, against La Tech. I mean, just being honest. Um, but Jacksonville State should be a winnable-ish game. It's another tough one, though, and I don't think we're favored. Um, no, we're not. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, but you you really, if Western is going to remotely keep pace, they cannot come back to diddle four and six. But yeah. um, ESPN only gives us a 32.9% chance of winning, so not good. Um, no, sure. Well, um, yeah, they don't have the spread set up yet for Jacksonville State. Um, but I mean, I think Western it would be a definite possibility to win that one. So, yeah, there's definitely more on the table for that one than La Tech. And La Tech is on the table, but, um, you know, when you're favored, you're, when you're expected to lose by double digits, you're probably not going to end up winning that game. Yeah, it would be very, very difficult to do. Um, but, yes, come back next week. Uh, if you want to support the Towel Rack or Red Out, you can subscribe on the Towel Racks. Uh, do Hickey. And uh, you can go on Patreon.com and support us there as well. We appreciate your support. And, um, like always, guys, go Tops. Go Tops.